Hey, this is Marx, and you're listening to Into This. Into This is my podcast, welcome to it. And in this podcast, we talk about contemporary arts, usually with people involved in the contemporary art scene in the city of Montreal in Canada. And this is episode 18. Today, my guest is painter Ben Klein. I had the chance to talk to Ben right before he moved to New York City and talking about moving, I am moving too. And this is probably the last intro that I record in this studio. And uh, it's, it's a little bit emotional, to be honest. <laughs> it took a while to get it up and running and uh, it's all full of acoustic foam. And, and I, I, I put a lot of effort into making it sound a little bit, you know, better than it was at the very beginning without any foam. And I mean, it, it feels good. It feels like um, it's a it's a step up for sure for us, for me and my girlfriend, to move to the new apartment. Uh, it's a little bit bigger and it's nicer in general. Uh, but still, I've never moved in Montreal since I got here almost nine years ago. But it's definitely for the best. This apartment, it's uh, it felt since a long time ago like it's a student type of uh, living, and yeah, I guess. At some point, you need to move on from that, right? Even though the rent is cheap. <laughs> um, yeah, so I catch uh, Ben before he moved to New York City. At the time when we talked, he had an exhibition himself. He was showing at Gallery PFO, that is Pierre-Francois Houlette. And that gallery is on Rachel, right in front of La Banquise, for better reference. It's a great gallery. And he was showing there when we had the chance to talk. We talk about that show, we talk about how he was initiated in the world of art, which is a very interesting story because it's not a straight line with him. So that's a, that's a very interesting thing. And we also talk about his experiences working in the galleries and how that has impacted his career as an artist as well. And honestly, I thought that it was a really good conversation. You know, he, he's a more private person, uh, and I respect that, you know. People, when they come here, they share whatever they want to share, and I try not to push them to feel uncomfortable. And uh, I feel like he was very generous with whatever he shared with us, and I'm really happy to have had the opportunity to talk to him. And it's really, it's really great to hear, you know, when people have gone through many different paths and routes and finally to get to wherever they are right now, right? So that's that's very cool. That's very interesting to know. And what else? I'll tell you a little bit more about his education, right? So Ben has a BFA in Studio Arts from Concordia University. He has also an MFA in Studio Arts from the University of Guelph. He has had many solo and group exhibitions among other places, he has shown in Generator Gallery, Gallery Joyce Yahura, and Gallery McClure in Montreal. Some other shows are Art Toronto. He had a solo booth there in 2015. So, as you will hear in the interview, I was telling Ben that it happens often that you go to exhibitions and to openings and you get to see people and to kind of get to know them, but um, just by sight, right? You don't talk to them. And that's what happened to me with Ben for a long, long time. It was a long time since we 
had basically always said, hi, how are you and all that, but we never really had a conversation. And it was really an honor to have the chance to talk to him and to get to know him a little bit better. I think there's a lot to learn from his experiences. And uh, I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And uh, well, this is me talking to Ben Klein. So who do you think will win the World Cup? Honestly, I really like Belgium. Uh-huh. I really like them. To win? I mean, Not just as a team, but do you sure, think they would sure. win? Uh, I mean, like, I, I, don't, Hazard, I just don't, I just don't yeah. want to say like one of the main four, right? Like, yeah. It's either like, you know, Brazil, Argentina's out. Argentina's probably. gone. Uh, even, if they, even if they recover and go through somehow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this team is not going to win the World Cup. No, I don't it's, think so. No, no, I don't no, think no. so. I don't think so. Um, I, I like France. Mm-hmm. France is nice. I mean, like, they look good. Um, I don't know about Brazil. I mean, they have everything they need, but I don't think that is working well, mm-hmm. like, together. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I'm just going to pick France. Really? France? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, they look very nice. Uh-huh. Do you hear about the uh, Montreal, uh, not Montreal, Canada, the States, and yeah, Mexico? Yeah, yeah. 2026? I think it's great. That's going to be awesome. I, I have to say, I'm, I am happy. Like, sure, the U.S. is going to have more of the of games. Course, of course. But, you know, I mean, Mexico hosted in 86, obviously. Yeah. And no one was going to give it to Canada by themselves. No, you know, I mean. That's not going to happen. So, I, in a way, I mean, almost like, whatever the problems of NAFTA historically and whatever else we can say, right. considering how bad Trump is, you know, with Mexico and Canada and yeah. trade and in so many things and so many things, right. sharing the World Cup between those three countries, a so-called NAFTA World Cup, I, I'm happy. Sure. I'm I happy mean, like, to see it. Otherwise, as you said, like Canada wouldn't have a chance to no. ever host no, no. anything like that. No, so no one I think it's going to be Canada. great. I think it's going to be good for, I mean, Montreal is going to have some games, yeah. which is cool. World Cup games. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, I it's mean, awesome. like, I don't know where, though. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I the Olympic, Olympic Stadium, Olympic like, stadium. Uh, I guess. But well, I not, I mean, not where the impact play. Definitely not. I mean, that's I mean, a, that place has 5,000 or something. Yeah, it's very small. Yeah. Well, maybe more than five. But no, you yeah. can't have World Cup games. No. It would be the Olympic Stadium. I've seen soccer games at the Olympic Stadium. I have to, and it's not. It's not ideal, though. No, it's, but what are you going to do? I build. <laughs> build a stadium in Montreal after all those decades of the thing with the Olympic Stadium? Give me a break. Oh, I know. It's crazy. No, for sure. It's going to be there. Where else? Yeah. I think no, I think yeah. so, yeah. I mean. It has to be. The infrastructure is already there, I guess. And, and it it's not like, be. you know, the impact is not going to spend all this money to have like a real stadium. Inconceivable. No. I mean, like, who's going to go see that? No one is going to go. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't even keep a baseball team. Exactly. You you follow sports, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not. I don't follow every sport every no. day or anything like right, that. Right, right, right. I like foot like soccer. Yeah, football. Yeah, you know, football. as it should be called, <laughs> uh, as a team sport. That's what I mostly watch now. Right. right. Um, and I don't watch nearly as much like martial arts or boxing as before. Mm-hmm. The truth is, I'm less of a sports fan than I used to be, but yeah. I still follow some. I used to play football yeah. in, in college. Mm-hmm. I went to college because of that. I had a scholarship. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, like, wow. that cool. was, so like I was very into it, right? But then, I don't know, it's just like something happened. I got more interested in school yeah. and like I just <clears> switched <throat> my interest and that got behind. But whenever I want, I can easily tap into it, yeah. like very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I can, I can just like go in it. Very no cool. problem, as if I was like you know watching it the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that happen to you with boxing as well? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Um, but I really don't watch that many fights anymore. Right, Partially right. just because I don't have the time. You sure. know, it's not that I don't like watching them. I yeah, do. Yeah, I still like it as much when I see it, but I'm not following it nearly as much. Right. Um, I just 
I just, you know, it's, I, I just had to make some decisions about my time mm. and energy and mm. focus and things like that and what I cared about. So I, 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 it just slowly phased out until now. Sure. I kind of watch a fight a couple times a year right. where it used to be, you know, every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. And so how, how do you start? How do you start in the, in the boxing world? Well, when I was a kid, I just decided uh, I needed to learn how to fight better. Oh, is that right? So yeah. were, you, were you just fighting in school? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, when I was like maybe 14 or 15 or so, I just mm. um, decided, I mean, I actually did kickboxing and right. some other martial arts and boxing, you know, I knocked around gyms for a long time and worked in them and I became actually, a, like I taught martial arts and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, or kickboxing. And, uh, yeah, it was just, um, you know, initially it was, I needed better defense. Oh, yeah. And uh, then... Then I just stayed. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. okay. That's one of the things, that's one of the rite of passages in my life that I never really went through. Like the fighting in like school or no, something like that, yeah. like some like scrubs or something like that. Mm -hmm. Never. Only in the soccer field, but it's like, it's not the same, right? Mm. I mean, like, you know that your team has your back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> you can like exchange like one punch maybe, and then everybody's uh -huh. going to come like rushing. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's a brawl, but it's, it's a brawl, but it's not, it's a not the same. Really serious you know, fight, like no. what, when it's like one to one. Yeah, no, it's different. I feel yeah. like, I don't know if it's a natural human thing to like kind of like feel that drive of like, You know, mm -hmm. saying like, what what would happen if I would fight? I think it's normal. I think so. But when I see something like that happens, I inevitably think that is like so intimate. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like when do you exchange something like that with anybody? Never. Yeah. It's like you know, like you, it's, like it's everything. It's like physicality. Well, some people are crazy. Can, like, lose your mind. Yeah. You have to. You know. I mean, sometimes. I mean, I, I I was once walking down St. Catherine on a Saturday night with some friends when I was in my 20s, and a guy just punched me in the face. You just know? like that? Yeah, just out of that. I mean, like, sucker punched me. I didn't see it coming. You know, a, a, a drunk, angry guy ran out of a bar and just punched me. So, you know, wow. sometimes it happens. Yeah, I, I guess it does. Yeah. I've just been, like, super lucky, I guess, that I Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, anyway. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I've, anyway, that's, that's, uh, that was my initial reason in my, when I was maybe 15, you know. Right. Your introduction to it was more like a necessity? Yeah. Or, like, more like a real interest over the sport? No, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I, I, I was just looking at it in necessity terms. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I really wanted um, to get better at doing that kind of thing, um, and and put myself in a sort of real context uh -huh, of it, uh -huh. not not sort of um, sort of traditional karate or that sort of thing where it's you know, of course, it's a very physical discipline. It's wonderful. It's great in a lot of ways. There's community. It's very good for many reasons, yeah. but it's not full contact. You know? Sure. It's, it's not like the real full contact type of stuff. That's what I wanted to do because, I, you know, if if you're scared of getting beat up, then that's what you want. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, if you're really scared of, like, getting punched in the face, yeah. then you have well, to you get go. a punch in the face and yeah. see what's that. And then exactly. you get past that, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. That, that applies to freaking everything, I guess. Ex yeah, absolutely. Exposure therapy. <laughs> It's what, sorry? Exposure therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if you want to be an artist, you have to do it, you know? Like, you can't... In what sense, though? You mean, like, you need to be exposed to, like, terrifying situations? Well, like... I mean, it depends. I mean, you know, like, I, if we're still talking about, like, fighting or martial arts, I mean, for me, like, yeah, you know, I I had, you know, like, I, I had, in a number of contexts, uh, you know, incidents had happened where... I was hurt and I didn't want that to, I wanted to be more in control. I wanted to have the ability to fight back, you know, mm -hmm. against anybody who would attack me. Definitely. So 
I, so, I mean, I just made it very quick. You know, I had a few friends. I had a couple friends who were doing, who had, you know, who were more advanced in martial arts, various kinds of things. And I had done a bit of judo. Uh, and I just decided, okay, like, I'm, I'm gonna, this is gonna be my thing. You know, I'm gonna yeah. use my time for, for this. And mm -hmm. for a few years, that was what I mostly cared about. And I got, right. you know, to do it seriously. Cool. Those decision makings in that I need to find a better way to do this. It's the same kind of like decision making of like, I'm going to go to school. To yeah, like, kind of, yeah. You know, to learn how to be an artist or yeah. like to paint or like to do, you know, yeah, all that stuff. So um, I was preparing for the interview and I saw that you went to school for literature first. Yeah, I, yeah. I did go to Concordia. I mean, you know, I, I don't mean this as harshly as it sounds. Right. But that was really useless. Mm. It was it was a certain time, you know, it was really uh, inexpensive to go to school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do or study. Right. And I, on some level, I, I already knew, I mean, I, I, I mean, not some, just some level. I knew that I wanted to be a painter, right. but I had never done it, and I didn't really think I could do it. Okay. So, you know, I, I applied to a couple things and got rejected from everything except just basically literature, wow. English lit at Concordia. And I did love reading sure. and a bit of writing, and, um, you know, I, I decided to try it. I was Working, you know, in a magazine store and living in a basement apartment in NDG. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you know, it was really affordable, and just you know, had friends going to the same program. You know, like going to Concordia, and it was just a different time. You know, and I, I just thought, uh, yeah. So I did do that, yeah. But it was right. not. It was. It, it's not that meaningful. It's to like, me. a, well, I mean, there's a way to enter the academia world. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, like that's always a thing, right? Like you enter in something, then you switch. Like I saw that a lot. When I went to to college, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't take it that seriously. Right. I mean, when I when I did my English leavings exam, like this is what you everyone has to do to get out of Concordia, I failed mm. because I, the whoever marked me, um, I, I was a little flippant in the way I answered the silly questions that they asked. I mean, I did so grammatically, right? But uh, I I had slightly fewer than the. Um, amount of words you were supposed to have, and they didn't like my answers. So they actually failed me, and I had oh. to go back and take it again okay. before they allowed me to graduate. I mean, I just, I got to admit, I wasn't being too, too serious, sure. you know. I passed my classes, and right. I, I read most of the books I was supposed to read. Yeah. But I, I really just had jobs and things outside of school. It was, it was really, I, I was a bit aimless at that time. Right, right. Um, when you said that you knew you wanted to be a painter. Mm -hmm. Like, is, is there any <clears throat> background to that? Like, how do you no. know? Yeah, it's just a funny thing. I mean, the, the real truth is that, um, okay, well, the, here's the, like, um, really short version. I, I as, a, as a kid, I drew a lot, and I w was known as a sort of artistic type. Yeah, okay. And I really stopped doing any art drawing at all when I was around 14, when I started getting more interested in martial arts and boxing. Um, it just, it just, it was just sort of wiped away. Mm. Um, you know, as a, one of the things that I guess I sort of associated with being sensitive and vulnerable and not working for me. And um, so I stopped doing it. And, and I, I really didn't even, within a few years, I didn't even really remember that that was me. And then a weird thing happened where I was 19 and it sudden, like I suddenly started to dawn on me that it was very important to me to draw again and to make artwork, even though I wasn't involved with it at all and hadn't been for a while, hadn't studied it thought I would probably be terrible at it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and then it, I mean, in, it took me a long time to actually try it. I mean, right. it, it took me a very long time, like over five years. Right. But I, I thought about it all the time, and I knew people who did it, and I was sort of in awe of them. 
um, like people who could really draw well or paint, make beautiful paintings of all different kinds, you know, mm-hmm. sculptures, etc. Photography too. I mean, you know, right. and I, I did try. I mean, I, this is a bit embarrassing, but I did try a tiny bit of photography purely on my own because sure. I assumed it would mm-hmm. be easier than painting well in a very naive kind of way. And uh, I, I wasn't good at it, and I was like, I'm just, this is not going to work. And, sure, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, it took me a long time to finally really try to paint, but as soon as I actually painted, right. um, I realized, like, pretty much right away, uh, which was in my mid-20s, uh, I, I knew, I, I decided to pursue that. That's very cool. It's, it's like what we were talking about before uh, with, with me and sports. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like you, you know that it's there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's recessive in your background. And whenever you like, r- you know, go back at it, yeah. you can easily take it back, you know? I, it wasn't easy at all oh, for no? me. No, no, it was okay, really hard. Okay, okay, it, was, okay. it, it wasn't easy. It didn't come to me that easily in some respects at all. I see, okay. It just, it just, I just became immediately aware. I mean, I could do it somewhat, right. you know? But I, I wasn't great at it initially at all. Right. And I had to work really hard to get good. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, I mean, but it's, the dri- it's the drive. The drive. The drive, it, That's sure. what I mean. So like, the, or the interest yeah. in it, you know what I mean? And so like, you knew people who were in school already or like they were like artists already? Um, or they somewhat. consider themselves artists or things like that? Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, I, I knew more writers and musicians. Right. I, okay. I knew some, I knew not well, but I knew people who made art. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't have that good of an idea about like contemporary art what it was for example mm-hmm. until i was in my until i was 26 27 you know sure yeah so like you'd finished your ba in literature yeah and then right away you decide to go into art school well not ex- no it, it was a little while later i mean it was this was the 90s in montreal so you know <laughs> i mean there was a lot of people living on very little money right. from whatever job they could get and you know and who had a lot of interesting projects on the side yeah You know, many people, you could sort of work, you didn't have to work a, a hard job five days a week. You could sort of work three or four days a week and all your friends had bands or zines or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Different, you know, like at the time, I, I found that there was a lot of interesting things going on then. And I mean, maybe there are some things that I don't know about now. Sure, <laughs> great sure. Too. But, you know, it seems a little different now than it did I mean, yeah. 20 years ago? There's a lot more access to, to you know, technology and things like that that you can, like, you know. Yeah. In, like, for instance, like a band, they can have access to things that 20 years ago it was really hard to come across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, things, th- I mean, for sure now it's easier to get up out of Montreal yeah, than it used to well. be. Yeah. Definitely, like if you're a band or, or all kinds of things. Right. But uh, I, I knew a lot of people that I thought were really interesting doing mm-hmm. different things, and I would go to their stuff and so on, poetry readings, music. Yeah. Literature, you know, comics, art, etc. And um, it was a bit weird because I was working in a gym and, you know, I was a fighter. But I just realized that I was going more and more in that direction. And I hid the fact that I was painting for a while. Okay. Um, from all but a few friends. Right. Uh, not Why? that I was, well, I just didn't believe I was good enough to show it yet. Or was it any, like, you, you were trying to hide some sort of, like, vulnerability in somehow? Well, I mean, only from the from it not being good enough yet to okay, me. Like, sure, I, I wasn't okay. ashamed of doing it. Right. But okay. I I um I didn't, I just, I, I think I was right, actually. Okay. I, I wasn't good enough to show anyone. Sure, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. What I mean is more like, you know, if the other guy that you're going to fight against knows, it, it wasn't like that at no, all. Like, yeah, I, I don't think so. No, I mean, okay. it was, it's just a really, it's a funny thing. You know, I, I lived in, the, in NDG and... uh I I took me a, a, literally years to decide to buy some paints and you know uh-huh. sort of a pad of canvas paper and 
like learn, oh, you need solvent and, you know, like oil. I wanted oil paint because I would go to the museum and think, okay, well, they paint in oil. So, I mean, of course, I, I now would say nothing is wrong with acrylic, but, sure. you know, I, I, I was like, I have to be an oil painter. And I bought just a bit of basic stuff, you know, and I let it sit there um, on my table for months lo- and just looked at it every day. And I just waited for some spontaneous mood to come over me and just make me try it. And eventually that happened. Right. And it was really great. And I just, within a week, I was like, like you're an idiot. You're, you're a painter. Right. Like, that kind of feeling. What are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you denying just, yourself? Just do, yeah. you're, right. this is clear. Like, you should have done this ages ago. Like, you oh, knew wow. you should have. That's basically what I was saying to myself. Wow, that's pretty cool. And that, do you remember what, what kind of work were you doing at the beginning? What oh, kind of yeah. paintings? What is it? Well, look, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I've, I've thrown away an enormous, I've destroyed a lot of my work uh-huh. over the years. But most of what I made in the first few months, I've kept. Yeah. As on purpose to remind myself what it was right at the beginning. Yeah. And there are some drawings that are, you know, from a photo that are pretty good, sure. you know, like for a full beginner. And there are a few paintings that are like, it's not good, of course, but, you know, I mean, and some of it was bad, obviously. Sure. I mean, if, when I tried to like have an idea initially, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. That was not good at all. But I just realized really quickly that this is what, you know, at 25, I just realized. Nothing else that I'd ever tried meant very much to me, really, compared to this. Right. And that one way or another, I was going to have to do this and mm-hmm. try to make it work. And obviously, if I need a job or if I can't do it or whatever well enough or make money from it, you know, just to live, then I'll have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, of course, most of the time, that's the way things are. But, sure. you know, it, it was just clear. Sure. Uh, whenever undergrads ask me about advice for grad school. I really always say you need to take some time off after your BA. For sure. You know, bachelor's <clears throat> to like, you know, experiment and like experience other things and Definitely. see if that's what you really want to do. Yeah. Because you just jump into something and then you, you know, you, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. And so like for you, it sounds like it, there was a huge period of like real, you know, development of this thing brewing on you and then finally came out. Yeah. And, I, think, and so like, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah and then <clears throat> after you went to school. Like when you yeah, decided, yeah. when you started to paint, yeah, that's when you decided, okay, I'm gonna go to school. Yeah, well, uh, what happened was I initially uh, applied to Dawson mm-hmm. College because it was free art lessons and a, their their finance program is really good. I mean, most of the people are 18 or so, you know, and I was 25, but I worked at night at the gym and it was free art lessons during the day. So I applied like pretty quickly and I got in. You know, right. I did the live drawing test and I did, you know. And then I went there, and then I just realized, you know, it was really, and as good as it was, because it is very good, that, it, you know, I was too old mm. to be there. I was mm. I was three or four years too old to be there at all. I was like seven years older <laughs> than everybody. But how do you, you mean know? it? Like in, in that you were more mature than everybody else, like things that were not really well, interesting? No, I, or No, it's not that it wasn't interesting in, in certain ways, but I just realized, you know, I, I as much as it would have been great for me to have done that same program if I'd been younger— um, I couldn't be there. It was, you know, it was really kind of like late high school again mm-hmm. in, you know, with the age of the people and mm-hmm. with the context to some degree. And it just wasn't right for me. Uh, so I, I left and applied to Concordia and I yeah. got in and I started the next fall. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was just thinking this today. Like, I remember when I first came to Montreal to, to go to McGill, my first year, it was like 2010. And I remember that being like a, such a revolutionary time that I was like, you know, dealing with moving countries and moving all this. If I would be to start today school, 
it would be such a different really yeah oh well, yeah i mean like i think with all the experience you know now that i have and all this i think i would enjoy it more mm-hmm. kind of you know what really, I mean? yeah and so like i feel i feel like that happens i mean when you're a little bit more mature and all that you can go into things mm-hmm. knowing that maybe it's a it's what it's right for you that's maybe, true you know? yeah yeah that's true yeah. i mean I, I like i'll be honest and say that i've always regretted it and i still do really not starting sooner yeah. oh i sure. mean i really sure. really do regret not starting sooner okay for all sorts of reasons it would have been better if i had started uh-huh. Before I was 25 years old, you okay, know, okay. I mean, I should have all the kids who were in the fine arts class with me for that that's period of a few months. They were 17, 18. Many of them caught up to me in Concordia a couple of years later, you know, like, I mean, and, and they had gotten really good training at an appropriate age, 18, you know. Uh, at Dawson, you know, it's a great thing to do yeah. if you, if you want to be a painter, you know, those sorts of things. I, I've been a little more unorthodox in my path. Mm. That in a way, and I sometimes just feel like a bit more orthodoxy of uh, trajectory would have been good. But mm. I mean, maybe that's silly of me. I don't know. Do you feel that you were in disadvantage somehow? Like against? I don't like, want to complain. I'm. I, I'm not. I don't no, mean. No, no, no. I don't mean like that. But me, I mean like just you know, just just in your experience of like going through school at that age. Like well, was that? Yeah. Well, at Concordia, it was a normal age. You know, I was. I guess I was 26 when I was starting. Yeah. You know, which was was a little older than the average first year, but yeah. many people were going back to school. There were people my age, people older than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that that wasn't unusual. Okay, there. sure. I, I mean, I, I felt that I was starting late in a certain way, in the sense that not that I was starting school late, but I had never made. You know, like I was brand new to doing these things. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I had had a few years already of practice would have been for sure beneficial oh, in, 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 in a few senses. Right, right. Definitely. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just, I can't, you know, I can't change that. And so regretting it too much is a waste of time. Sure. So in, in all that time where you're still in contact with your like musician friends and poets and all these things, that was always a definitely yeah. an influence yeah, for yeah. you? Yeah. I, saw, I have to rem- remind myself to say yes because I'm nodding my head and I really, <laughs> oh yeah, that, no one can see that. Yeah, in fact, I still am. Like, right, throughout, exactly. But, you know, that's, that's often, I mean, I, I still have many of the friends that I knew at that time and a lot of the writers and so on. I mean, I'm still in frequent contact with, you know, right. still friends. Yeah, so um, Concordia, so you finished that. Yeah, I finished. I graduated my yeah. uh, studio arts BFA in two thousand five. Right, and at the end of that, you felt okay. So now I got the training. <laughs> I guess yeah. What what, what happened after? Um, well, what happened literally was that um, in my final year of undergrad, I, I took big leaps forward in my work, and I, I was seen as a good sort of diligent, you know, always working hard kind of art student up until near the end but not particularly special or anything like that. Okay, okay, okay. And then near, near to the end, I developed more of my own style mm-hmm. and started to get some recognition for it, just, you know, at a very low kind of level. But And I did get offered no solo shows, but a whole bunch of group shows. And I was in two two-person shows uh, in 2005. I was in a two-person show uh, at a gallery that was only open for about two years called La Fabrique, but it was a really, in a way, it was a really interesting gallery. And the people who ran it were cool, smart people. And, you know, they gave me this chance. And the Gazette reviewed that show. And mm-hmm. there was a big picture of my painting. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was about a year mm-hmm. where it seemed like maybe I was on the right track. Right. And But I didn't really know how any of those opportunities had happened. And I didn't really know how to get more if it stopped. And after about a year like where there was four or five, you know, I was in a few shows. All of a sudden there was no more 
and I just didn't know what to do at all. Right. And I and it just fell away completely. Yeah. <laughs> and I made a few applications to a few things, and I and all, as well as to grad school because I thought I was supposed to do an MFA. Right. And I got rejected from everything. Okay. And I didn't know what to do at all. And um, at that point, I uh, was sharing a studio with a few artist friends, and one of them, um, his name is Ufuk Girai, and actually, you know, he was. Um, runner-up in the RBC painting competition a few years ago. Sure. Um, and will now be moving to Halifax. Okay. Um, he was working for Pierre Trahan and Anne-Marie Crepin, who originally owned a gallery on Green, mm-hmm. um, at Green Avenue. And uh, he got me hired there in there to work in the gallery. Yeah. And uh, I had no experience whatsoever <laughs> to work in a gallery, like none at all. I couldn't tie my tie at the beginning. And I knocked over an easel and damaged a frame on my first day also. <laughs> and they didn't fire me, though. Um, oh, that's good. I mean, this is, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, and I worked there for a little while uh, and sort of... Uh, technician, like doing technical, doing different, technical work. Different kinds of things. Different things. I, okay. I, I don't, I, I'm not even sure if I had, a, you know, if I can say I did any specific thing <laughs> right, for the right. first period. Yeah. Ufuk left to go to back to Europe uh-huh. uh, for a while and... I, it was just there, and I was. It was my job. It was. It was paying. You know, my studio rent, my rent, and my. You know, et cetera, et cetera. And I just. I really wanted to work hard at it and get better at it to reward my employers, for you know what was for me at that time a really good job. You know, I mean, I didn't like a lot of the work we were showing, frankly, at that time. But uh, I wanted to do everything I could to help the situation and. Little bit by little bit, I, I kind of got control of it, and um, eventually we opened, I became the director, I proposed a new project, and I became the director of Division Gallery. Right. Which opened in 2000, April 2008 in the Belgo building. Initially, it was, you know, much smaller than it is that now. That is now. So, wait, so like you were in Green Avenue? Yeah. And then that became Division? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. what happened initially was we opened a, a different space in the Belgo building than the green space. Okay. And then sometime after that... Um, rechristened the green space division as well. Okay. So there were two division um, outposts, one in the Belgo and one on green Okay. before um, ultimately arsenal. moving to the arsenal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, I left in the summer of 2010 right as that switch was happening to the arsenal. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was uh-huh. I was looking for locations with Pierre for a while. Right. But then I left. You, you left. You decided to leave. Yeah, well, that's a bit of a complicated story, but oh, sure. at, at any rate, you know, the, right. the simple version is I left in the summer of 2010, and, yeah. you know, yeah. Okay, so you start in the gallery as a whatever, doing everything. How does that go to become the yeah, the director of the gallery? I don't I know. know. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, pretty, I mean, can you add, <laughs> in, sorry, how long, in how long was it? Like, what is the span of time in that? Oh, well, um, I worked for them for almost exactly four years. Okay, sure. And I was, uh, division opened in, like I said, April 2008. So I'd been the di- director for, you know, for several months before it opened, programming the shows, setting up everything. I mean, you know, doing everything pretty much. There was a lot of heavy lifting in those early days and just yes. learning how to do many things that I had no clue how to Absolutely. do. Um, basically two and a half years or so yeah. of being the, uh, you know, of what you could call the director of Division Gallery. And that, my business card said Division Gallery Director. Cool. Yeah. And what was it more like, what he learned the most there? Like, for instance, like the commercial side of things, like did that come easily to you? You know, like Not sales first, and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny, you know, like I, I never would have thought that I could be any good uh-huh. at 
any of those, I mean, at sales or at organization, I, I really would have thought um, f- until I was, you know, over 30 years old mm-hmm. that that would be impossible for me. Mm-hmm. But once I was sort of at the gallery on green and obliged to try to sell the work effectively to do a good job, I slowly learned how to do it mm-hmm. uh, pretty effectively. Right. I mean, not amazingly, not ever fully in a way um, that I was totally comfortable with in certain senses. Right. But on the other hand, I actually did find it to be really interesting and enjoyable also, and at times uh, really rewarding. And certainly once I was showing and selling work that I, that I fully believed in, I, or trying to sell it at least, I, I really did apply myself to doing that and to working with other people's projects mm-hmm. quite a long time. Just to put this in context, between 2006 and 10, I didn't show my work at all. Right. You, you would know? like to focus on that. I mean, like yeah. it's, it's it's really hard to really run a place and do something. Else yeah, I mean, some people can do it. And yeah. I did make, I painted that entire time and right. I always planned to reemerge as an artist. Yeah, yeah. I always planned to leave and, and become a full-time artist to the best mm-hmm. of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as I wanted to make good work while I was working full-time and to be able to have exhibitions, it, I mean, and I did make some and I actually did book a show, mm-hmm. a, a group show at Joyce Yehuda and get into the RBC competition yes. with work that I made while I was working six days a week at the gallery. Right. In 2010, you, know? you were one of the finalists. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't... I, from 2006 to 10, it, it took me a while. There, there would be months where I couldn't paint, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And then I would get back, and you'd have... You know, I'd have to... Not start from scratch, you know, but sort of no. reboot it, and, you know, it, it went up the and rhythm. down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, was it like a big operation in the gallery? It was like a small team, so that you had to do a lot. Well, it was. I mean, it was a small team compared to what it is now. I mean, sure. I mean, sure. Know. Yeah. I mean, we were several people. I mean, I was the director and in charge of most of the things. Yeah. But I had some very good assistants who I'm still, you know, friends with. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people who are still working at Division uh, were already working for Pierre. Yeah. Uh, and so it wasn't me doing literally everything right but i was had to make all the calls uh, yeah and and do uh, you know i mean honestly i'd say probably most of the work well what i mean is like you know like you're the director and i don't know if that means that also that you were also the curator yeah yeah no, okay no. sure I, no i, okay, I mean I, yeah. I chose i mean at the time i mean certainly while i was the director of division gallery i was responsible for 100 percent of the programming decisions right. i right. wrote all of the press copy mm-hmm. you know figured out the strategy did and made all the sales. Right. I mean, I, I, some, some, on a few occasions, assistants helped me with sales. Yeah. And, uh, and they held the fort when I wasn't in the space, and they helped me in various ways, um, certainly. But, you know, I was the one making the, right. the shows. And so, um, like you said, during all that time, you continue to produce work yeah. and to make all that stuff, right? Yeah. Do you feel that that experience helped you as an artist? Like, do you, do you think that that yeah. kind of like brought things to your work that you didn't see before or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking that question. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean it. Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's 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 because it's a good question that I've often asked myself. Uh-huh. Um, and I find it hard to talk about. So, I mean, to get somebody to ask me it, like in a serious way like this, right. where I'm afforded a moment to talk about it. Right. Well, you know, it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. if, if somebody asks me that over a drink in a bar, you know, right. maybe I'll give a, a, a short, flippant answer. Yeah. You know, if you ask me now, cool, you cool. know, with yeah. the microphone, I appreciate that. It, yeah. It's it's a bit more serious, and I, it yeah. can give me a minute to think about it. I mean, I think that it did. Um, it was a very interesting 
like set of pressures upon my practice uh, to be the director and full curator, et cetera, writer for a gallery, to work so closely with, you know, a couple dozen artists uh, over a period of time on their project and to be so exposed, have so much visibility into their, you know, I mean, of course, I knew a lot of artists. I was already, one of the reasons why I took to it, I mean, I always was interested in other people's work and thinking about it and, you know, doing studio visits with them, listening to them, uh, you know, doing critiques and stuff like that, all that sort of stuff. But... Once it became a professional thing, I really tried to get as rigorous as possible yes. and learn about curating and writing and installation. And I did that as best as I possibly could. And learning all those things, I on think— On your own? Yeah, yeah, on Doing my own your, entirely. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. yeah, I mean, to, to a really almost funny degree on my own, like, you know, staying up all night reading yeah. Yeah. about yeah. it and soaking up information from every quarter like Definitely. a sponge as much as possible. And, yeah. and, you know, and really trying to rigorously put it into— into action to benefit the business that my employer was opening. Um, I, I named the gallery also. You know, I mean, it really was my thing, but obviously it was that it was it was their resources and their desire that made it happen. So it never would have happened without them, and it, w- it couldn't have been only me on my own in that way at all. Okay. Um, no, but you push it forward. I mean, you yeah, were the yeah. one person, like the one catalyst doing yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that that is undeniable, yes. Yeah. I was the catalyst in every way and the idea person for all of the, for its existence and for all of the early things. Sure. Yeah. The the size and scale that it has attained, yeah. I would have to admit uh, at the same time, has gone beyond right. uh, the scope of what I initially planned mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. certain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's... That sounds like a lot of work. I mean, honestly. Uh, it was. Yeah. It was um, a lot of work. Throughout your BFA at Concordia and all that, did that ever was like an idea in your mind? Like maybe I'll, I'll like to curate shows. I like no. to think about it. No, never. <laughs> no, never. Like I said, no, never. Not at all. I mean, I, I was really interested in, I, I was really impressed by the people who would do that or even just people who who planned artist parties and yeah. got people together, you know, and, and in a way where people would look at their each other's work and that kind of artist community meant a lot to me. Yeah. I really liked it a lot, but I and I participated in the sense that I would go and anyone who wanted my view or like you know help people move their stuff, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I never was the one to organize shows or to be the leader on projects in that way. Mm-hmm. And slowly, I found that I could do it once I worked for Pierre and Anne Marie. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I I decided if I'm going to do it at all, I better do it really, really well right. and with as much energy as possible. Right. And I just accepted that that would cost my own practice something for a time. But the deal I made with myself was that I would, no matter what, without fail, go back to being a full-time artist mm-hmm. uh, at some point when the time was right. Mm-hmm. And my intention was always to do an MFA in 2011, which is, in, in fact, what I ended up doing. Right. That sounds pretty well-planned also. <laughs> I can't say that it was genuinely well-planned, <laughs> but uh, it, it, was, it, it turned out... Um, reasonably well. Right. Yeah. Then you would, you moved to Guelph. Yeah, I, I did my MFA in Guelph, Ontario. Right. Yeah. How was that? Uh, well, uh, you know, every MFA has its strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed my time in Guelph uh, in some respects a lot. I made friends, and I really, the city itself is, you know, small and cute. There's not a great deal to do there, but I made friends, and I liked it, and I still, ha- you know, have a real fondness for it. Right, um, and I, I've I've visited less actually than I intend to, but it's not that close, you know. Right. If it was as close to Montreal as yeah, Kingston, not. I'd go all, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go frequently. Mm-hmm. But it's on the other side of Toronto, and you know, it's far. But I has, I have gone back and visited a number of times, and I I still have friends there. 
the program, I mean, in some ways it was great for me and in other ways it wasn't. But I made my best work there. I had a great studio. I got funding. I did some teaching. Sure. Uh, they give you the, one of the th nice things about that program is that you get to have an opportunity to teach, like, like a full class or like as a TA. Um, well, technically you're a TA, right. but um, that you you do teach uh, first year foundations classes um, as well as TA, perhaps other classes, and mm -hmm. I did both. So you know, all those things were really good, and they were good for me. Yeah, right. That's cool. And, and I started what I consider to be my most important and you know my sort of mature body of work while I was there. So. Um, What I wanted to to kind of like segue or make a link with it is like, so the same way that you took all these experiences at the gallery with, uh, you know, all the curation work and the administration work and planning and all that, and you apply that to your work as an artist. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you know, kind of like... That I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, inevitably that happens, no? I mean, like, I guess like all your experiences really Maybe. change your... No, you don't think so? Well, I, I, what, I, what, I, what I had in mind was that looking at other people's um, practices so close up yeah. and with so much seriousness... I mean, and desire to help right. them, yeah. that impacted me in certain ways. Yeah. But I, I'm not even sure how exactly. I just know it did. Mm. I just tried to absorb as much information as I could. Sometimes it might be like, oh, this is how this person organizes their palette, and that would stick in my mind, you know? Or or what paint did somebody use? Or how do they install their work in the studio to look at it for themselves? You know, mm -hmm. those things could have an impact on me. Mm -hmm. Other things, too, and, of course, the work itself, and you know, just spending time with artists. I mean, these were all really good things. I don't know that um, being a curator, administrator, writer, etc., directly informs my paintings. Mm. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I just don't see exactly how it does. Right. Okay. But then with those experiences, moving forward to the MFA, did that help a little bit? In the MFA? In, yeah, in the MFA program mm. and like maybe like in no. crits, <laughs> no? Um, uh, look, I mean, you know, I would say, um, well, the thing was that I wanted, you know, I, I made a kind of work in that MFA that was, for some reason, it was seen as somehow uh, troublesome to okay. at least some people. Okay, it, it was it was a kind of a weird sort of style that okay. not everybody liked. Uh, my, I mean, I I was I've always you know I was a good student academically. I did well there uh, with my you know sort of academic assignments and with my responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. I don't think there was ever any issues about that. That went well. I mean, I, my experience in the gallery, but also in, in other things too, mm -hmm. that that was never a problem. Um, it did. I mean, I, it did help me, I suppose, yeah. to stay organized and keep on top of assignments and right. things like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and just I'd been writing professionally for a while, so when I went back to do academic writing, which I'd always taken an interest in also, I mean, it, that was not hard for me. No. Yeah. Um, the way in which any of those things inform making art, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes when you go to the job market, you know, when you are like out in the mm -hmm. real world and you go back to school, like there's so many disconnects, but also there are some things that you can use as, you uh, know, as like your, your oh, skill, yeah. the skills that you learned and sure. all that, like, you know, organizing yourself, your time and all these things. Like it's, you know, like yes, those absolutely. things like, are definitely like you can like transfer them, you know, absolutely from one side to the other. And so when I asked you before, and I, I don't know if we uh, deviated from the conversation and asked you, like, from the beginning, what what kind of paintings were you making? when Even before before going to school, like when you decided to, like, start painting, like, was that any similar to the work that you are normally producing? Yeah. Or not at all? I it was, like, very different. Yeah. Um, I think the simple answer is there has always been some 
uh, similarity, some continuity. I, I've tried painting. I, you know, I sort of taught myself sometimes in secret, even you know, uh-huh. <laughs> to do stuff um, well, better or well, you know, um, technically. Right. It took me a while. You know, I, I mean, instruction was always very loose in any kind of technical or methodological areas. Yeah, anywhere where I've been, so I, I, I sort of picked it up and at times got rigorous, you know, to learn how to do certain things better that I knew I needed to do mm-hmm. to do what I wanted in mm-hmm. art, mm-hmm. Um, to be good enough to do it at all, you know. Right. Um, but, I mean, basically my personality as an artist seems to have some kind of, there's some sort of togetherness to it mm-hmm. in the sense that I always have loved stronger, warmer color use. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I use a lot of blue too, you know. But sort, sort of, I would, I would say a, a warm uh, and kind of strong palette, right. you know. More towards, I mean, I guess I maybe I would even say I'm a colorist yeah. as a painter, you know. Yeah. And that has been the case since day one. Right. I was always very comfortable with color, um, and you know that I think was probably the thing that stood out. If anybody looked at my work. From the beginning, and it's never changed. Right. So that, like that, color as in a way the primary expressive vehicle yeah. has been my main thing all along. And I, I, it could change one day, but I think it probably won't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there's other, you know, there's other things too, perhaps, but I, yeah. that mainly, are, yeah. yeah, that's that definitely color. Nice, yeah. nice. And um, when you talk to other people, and other artists about your work, what is the one thing that you always get asked? Hmm. about your paintings because i can ask you these things but maybe maybe uh, that'll be like a thing that you know it's yeah. like already like oh it's a, it's, a, it's an old news for me you know like well you I, should ask whatever you want of yeah, course, yeah sure, but... definitely but i mean i i want to know because yeah. I, I do have some you know uh, ideas as yeah. of how to approach your work mm-hmm. but i, I just want to know like if there's anything that it's really like yeah you, people always go there you know uh-huh. <laughs> well look i mean you know i some i mean since i started you know i started um what i call just for not it's not even really official but it's what i call for convenience at least my the, my bugs paintings right exactly um, yeah. started in 2012 mm-hmm. and ever since that point yeah i mean I, i've always gotten questions like s- sort of confused baffled and even angry sounding <laughs> questions about my work even before that like right. why do you do this why do you have to do this because yeah. i think there's a di- I, i seem to create a bit of a disconnect Where people, I, I think I'm a, ra- you know, I, I hope, and I, I, I have to say, I think I'm a rational, normal person, <laughs> and I come off that way, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not particularly out there in my behavior normally. Right. Um, not that that's, there's anything wrong with that, and sometimes I might be even, but you know, right. not. No, you always seem very generally. Collected, I'm pretty collected. calm and yeah, very collected. collected yeah, yeah. So people are a little surprised when they see my paintings. Yeah. Um, They, I think that they assume like that I would make kind of calm, abstract paintings or something like that, mm. and then they see very colorful and weird figurative paintings. Right, that's very interesting because, <laughs> like in my case though, when I when I saw your work, to me it was a little bit different experience because I I've always seen you, and this is the thing that happens always. Like you see a lot of people in shows and you cross them and all, but you don't get to really talk to them, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was kind of like what happened to me with you for a while. Yeah, was yeah. Like you were saying like, "Hey, how's it going?" But never really got to really know each other. Yeah. And so we talked about when, chemistry. Like, with chemistry, exactly. <laughs> or or like for instance, like I knew that you were a boxer. Yeah. And, and all those things, so like that yeah, kind of yeah. like informed my kind of like idea of you. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw your work, <laughs> that was a disconnect, you see. Sure. And so no, that, I get it. Yeah. That was, I mean, but that was a great thing. I really liked it. Cool. 
and and it was like you know it's like okay, okay there's a lot here you know like there's there's oh, a lot thanks. going in here and and yeah i'm like really interested and like i saw those the box paintings or or the um there's like some planets yeah, as well yeah oh yeah so when you talk about these paintings um do you angle your, your conversations towards style you angle your conversation towards like background of it like, mm, or like what, content exactly like, like what, kind, what kind yeah what kind of thing do, do you like to to share about these paintings yeah i i, I mean i really th find it hard to answer that question right the, the best simple answer is to me they're all mixed up together mm -hmm. if not absolutely indivisibly you know in any way that i would uh insist on they're, they're it's They get mixed together, and it's hard to separate them entirely. Definitely. Um, that said, I mean, I can say, you know, like this about narrative, that about s the surface of the painting, yeah. you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But um, for lack of a better word, I mean, I, I, maybe I shouldn't be nervous about this word. <laughs> right. I had an epiphany sure. uh, in 2012 about what I needed the work to be. Mm -hmm. And when I thought of it and I started to explore the idea— I mean, it wasn't the the first. It wasn't when I thought of the idea itself, which had actually. I, I I'm slow. I'm slow. Uh, I thought of the f idea of many. I've told the story to many people where I found a, a bunch of dead ladybugs in my studio in 2008. Mm -hmm. I started calling it the ladybug graveyard. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I had this kind of just slightly uncanny experience with those dead bugs. You know, it was just very weird and beautiful somehow. And it stayed with me, and I kept thinking about how it could become a painting. And I kept thinking for, you know, really like four years, that's impossible and ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and kitschy and silly, and right. it would just be provocative. And, you know, I have to justify, you know, this content somehow. I mean, what, uh, you know, just throwing a ladybug onto a painting is not going to help me, you know. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it sort of turned into a, a bad attempt to paint like Philip Guston in my mind somehow. Okay, right. You know, that would be like the outcome of planning it in my head, and so uh -huh. I wouldn't do it. And then in the summer of 2012, I was painting something completely different, and I suddenly realized, you know, I was painting this landscape with a figure, and I popped a ladybug into the corner on a leaf, you know, and and, so, and it just really proliferated from there quickly. Right. And in those early stages of figuring out how to do it, what it was about, adding layers and characters and, you know, using, I, I just realized that everything that I knew and felt, the entirety of my abilities were, I could pour them into this project. Uh -huh. Like the whole, you know, I was, it allowed, starting to do this did allow me to become as good as I could be. Right. I, the, I mean, as good as those paintings are, I couldn't have done any better. Uh -huh. You know, I never felt that before. And that opened up, you know, my work could change hugely in the future. Sure. But um, it was that time that I finally felt like, I mean, not right away either. It took about a year. Uh, by th but by 2013, and certainly 14, yeah. I was really moving along. And I knew I had a very strong feeling of, look, I mean, I guess, I, you know, sim simply put, just sort of confidence and and. Um, sort of, you know, delight in in doing it. Yeah. I mean, it, even more than that. In fact, I mean, it, it it was it's a there's spiritual elements and there's really esoteric elements. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, But, it, I think you can tell. Uh, I was reading actually a review that I really liked about your work, the last show that you had. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the recent review. Yeah, the recent review by, by yeah, Tamar El Tamar, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it's really nice. I really so, like it. When yeah, when he talks about the hands printed in on the yeah, glass. Yeah, apparently there's kids who like yeah go up and do that. <laughs> that. I mean, because you know, like those paintings are very um, 
Say it. Well, I mean, I don't want to say childlike because it's not no, like, it's not like that. But I want to say like there's, a there's that it. feeling of like naiveness and like all these things that, you know, it draws you to the painting and, and finding these characters. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and there, it's like a... Well, definitely. Yeah, fable? Fable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, so like, they're, you they're, know, you can, you, can, you can kind of like make stories about these characters and all, but there's also a very strong... Like you can tell that there's like maybe a lot of philosophy behind it, or like a lot of esotericism, like you said mm -hmm. before. Yeah, and I can I can well, feel I hope, that. I hope all, all of those things are true and more. You know, I no, I, I, I honestly think yeah. I I wouldn't be saying it. Like well, I, thanks, I honestly yeah. think that you know those those paintings are you know thanks. and and also the the um, I, I don't know if you encounter this too. Um, maybe completely wrong, and you you correct me, but there's also a feeling and a sense of. A mix between you know the figuration of it, like the, the, some characters in it, but there's a lot of also abstraction in it too, and which yeah, I feel like that it's a very interesting contrast within the same yeah. painting. You see, I, I don't know if I'm completely wrong. No, no, really, you're, like, yeah. you're, 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 no, you're of course right. Um, right. I have to maybe spend a moment on, uh, like to dwell on that, like um, the dichotomy between so-called abstraction and figuration and its exploration is not my main right. goal or intention or, or something that I dwell on, in, you know, like a, a lot. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've digested that for so long um, as a norm of contemporary painting. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, I mean, really, or of modern art, that I have no problem with that being a kind of a primary subject or strategy of making a painting. Yeah. But it's not mine, you know, to go, what I want to do is balance figuration and abstraction uh -huh. and find my own precise nuance of how to do so. I want to use all the tools of figurative and abstract art as best as I can use them um, to create something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes through. At least I believe so. Thanks. Um, I mean, I no, so. for sure. Yeah. Um, and so uh, do you plan to continue for a while with the bugs? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not, I guess, really painting the bugs anymore right. exactly, um, but right. it's, it's a series of, it's an ongoing, I don't even always use the word series, you know, it's right. kind of a convenience. Uh -huh. um, I would say that I, um, the world that I'm creating is something that is ongoing. I don't know when, you know, so, sometimes it seems to sort of phase out, and I, I do side projects or different kinds of, you know, yes. I, I try, I'm always willing to totally reinvent. Right. I don't want to continue something for any reason other than because it is necessary to do it. You know, I have an urgent idea of something that needs to be made. Right. You know, I, I can't make work in series via a, an ideology of series. Yeah. Uh, or because of any commercial pressures, mm. for example. That's or, that, I mean, you know, anything like that. I would not do that. I wanted to actually segue into that side of uh, the commercial thing. Mm -hmm. So when does it come representation for you? When a gallery wants to represent you, when when did that happen for you? Oh, um, well, Joyce Yehuda yeah. um, offered me full representation in March of 2014. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I got back in September 2013, and I had studio visits slowly over that fall and winter. And then, you know, right as spring was arriving, Um, you know, there were there was various galleries that were talking about doing a group show with me, and Joyce uh, said she really believed in the work and wanted to represent me and give me a solo show. Right. So that was when uh, that happened. And then, as you probably realized, Joyce closed mm -hmm. at uh, uh, the end of 2016. Yeah. And uh, after that, you have been on your own. 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm not represented by a gallery uh, fully since that time, right. but I have shown my work a few times, yeah. and I'm obviously I'm currently showing um, uh, at Pierre Francois Ouellet, which yeah. is fantastic. It is and, great. Yeah. yeah, it's been great working with them. They're yeah. they're, they're fantastic gallery, great people, and right. I'm also going to have a show with them at their space in Toronto in October. Oh, that's great. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so say um, you start to be represented and all that. You know, if you tap into something. Do you feel like it's a really bad thing to say, oh, this is being, you know, yeah. bought by collectors and like followed by interested people? No, I and, don't think it's a bad thing that mm -hmm. collectors buy the work that you made in, in your own total honesty. It's a good no, thing. No, but what I mean is I continue to make that. That's that's always a thing that uh, it's not an easy conversation with artists. Like, of course, that no. you don't want to change your work at all, ever, for any other reason than what you said before. Yeah. True interest in the work right what that you're making yeah but you also need to pay the rent <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean if you if you look put, uh, i would put it like this i think that um it's a mistake to yeah. think that you can become a real artist by being a professional mm -hmm. i think you should become a professional by being a real artist and wow. what that means to me is that you always make the work that is most honest That doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't listen to other people or that if somebody tells you to keep working in a certain mode for a period of time that they're necessarily wrong. But if you know that if – if an artist knows that to continue a certain project would really only be about a market demand and it's not exciting and they, there's nothing for them to explore there and they do it, then they have ceased to be a real artist in this definition mm. and they are just professionals. Mm. And I don't want to be that. Right. Of course, I would look. I, I don't see the. But conversely, any artist, any you know, any real artist who makes a good living, who makes any living, makes any living at all, up to a really good living from their work, I don't have a problem with it at all. I mean, on the contrary, I think that's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. we live in the real world, and there's nothing wrong with doing well. Right. I mean, obviously, at the expense of somebody else, or in a really, uh, you know, un like a way that's like not honest or good. Even if you happen to be a good artist, like if you go around hurting people all the time to to, to somehow oh, wow. you know, okay, take sure. their opportunities or if, you're, if yeah. you're competitive to a point where you're really aggressive about it. I mean, yeah. these things are, are not so great either, of right. course. But if you are honestly doing well with your honest work, what's the problem? I see no absolutely. problem with it No, all. absolutely yeah, not. I think I mean, it's a good thing. The, the ideal situation is that whatever you are making, as you said before, yeah. whatever your real aspiration as an artist is to make this work yeah. and that's going to be interesting for people that that would be the ideal situation exactly right? yeah it, which it happens sometimes yeah and, but no and it's hard it's very exactly. hard but yeah. that's the risk that you have to take if you want to be a real artist right so like the risk that you need to take is that you may not be able to make a living out of your art yeah of course that's always the <laughs> one of the risks yes Um, and it is even one of the risks for successful artists. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, you know, like the, the sort of cliche of um, the increased pressure on successful artists in some ways is silly from the emerging artist perspective who's struggling to get any opportunities. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's true in the sense that, you know, what are you going to do for your third album and your fourth album? And what if your new single bombs, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, yeah. you know, when a thing has already been built up? It's its own real problem. For sure. I mean, I, I personally, I have, you know, I'm, I'm not in that situation myself, just to be clear. Right, <laughs> I, right, right, right. I'm not a big successful artist. You know, I, I have a, a career of showing my work to some degree. But that, that, always, that always depends. I mean, I, I don't think that it's fair to say, like, I'm not a successful artist. Like, it, it really depends on, like, what parameters 
sure we are considering no right? I'm, I'm just i mean i, I mean it um well i just i just mean it that uh it's not a comparison with anybody else right. exactly it's just um i don't feel i i just mean i i wouldn't want to put myself forward as um you know a, like a kind of a a big deal sure I'm really thinking that you're coming across. But I, I'm that, showing in good, in you know, in good galleries, of well, course, and I, I do sell my work. And that that that's one of the things. toughest conversations, also to agree on with uh, a bunch of artists, friends. That is like, so what do we consider success? Mm-hmm. You know no, what I mean? No, no, or, for sure. or, or validation and all those things. And what you're mentioning, like having shows in good galleries, having shows with like interesting people that are really you know pushing forward. Absolutely, the, no, like that's great. No, no. Look, I mean, I, I just to be clear, I'm not in any way downgrading. Um, right. Um, or degrading my own uh, like uh, professional achievements, I, I've had you know really excellent art critics yeah. write wonderfully about my work, and it's a huge pleasure and an honor. Yeah, uh, collectors have bought my work, and I've shown in some good galleries. Those are all real things, and <laughs> uh, you know that if that's success, then I'm successful. Right. Um, you know, I I just meant you know I'm I'm not a some big famous deal or something. Yeah. I mean, do you want to be? Sure. Yeah. You know, I I don't yeah. see any reason to say no to no, that. That's fine. Yeah. I, I just you know I don't. There are some things that I don't want to do to try to get it. Right. And there are some things that I don't even think I can do uh-huh. to try to get it that some people can do. But that's not a bad thing. I, I, I More power to to honest ways of getting forward right. uh, if you're good at that. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, and that's it's a vague statement, but, you know, it, it co- it's meant to be so that it can cover so many different things that exist in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I do, you know, my best to get out there in my own way. And uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. So do you have a day job? Well, um, I currently am employed. Right. Um, I, I, I'm I I'm now consulting for a gallery yeah. in Belgo called uh, De Poisson, Galerie right. De Poisson. Mm-hmm. And it's a really uh, exciting opportunity to work with them as a consultant and curator. I'm, I'm not the director of the gallery. I'm not responsible to be in the space or to run the space. But I'm, they're a new uh, gallery. And they decided they're really uh, lovely people, and they took me on um, uh, to help them uh, make programming and sort of, you know, that's great. Um, that's a great you know, gig. Get forward in this biz. Yeah, it is. It's a great gig. It's I, I'm, I really like them, and I really like working with them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, in the first show that you it was the first show last. Uh, yeah, the, last the month? current one, the current uh, one yeah. Laboratoire Penseur uh-huh. that uh-huh. I curated. Um, is the first show that I wor- did with them. Yeah. Right. It's a great show, too. Thanks. Yeah, the the, uh, the curation of that show is, is really good. There's a lot to learn from it. Yeah, for sure. I really, like, whether I'm doing a lot of showing or whether I'm completely invisible at a given moment uh, and just working on new work that no one has even seen, I'm, I, my eye is always on what other artists are doing, and, and I have to say especially young artists. Right. And I, not especially painters in the sense that I prefer painting in a big way to anything else. But as a painter, and I know that sometimes it can be harder for painters to get shows than some people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very hard with artist-run centers often. Yeah. And it's it can be hard with many commercial galleries too. So y- for young painters to get opportunities is vital to, to really help talented young artists um, get, sh- I mean, ar- artists of any kind, of course. Right. But this first show, uh, it was a painting show. I mean, it's what I know best for one, to a degree. But uh, it all it just it all came together and seemed to fit that it would be that, and I, I they were all people whose work I had seen in various studios or ways or that kind of thing, and I just put it all together in my head and you know now now there's the show. It worked. For instance, when you're planning a show like that, 
Do, do you have like one specific idea of what the show do you want it to be? Or it comes together once that all the work is there? It's somewhere in between, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, you know, I I could have, you know, like with, with Laboratoire Peinture, I mean, I, you know, the space is beautiful, but it's not huge. No. And, and I, I could have, I thought, mm, you know, I could make it easier on myself and keep the number of artists lower and keep it a little bit easier to make coherent. Mm -hmm. But I wanted there to be an experimental and challenging vibe. It's called Laboratoire Peinture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a painting lab. Yeah, you know? yeah. So in a way, it's me experimenting by putting artists together who m I was pretty sure they were going to work together. Yes. But not. A, I wanted it to be not 100% sure. Right. I wanted there to be some vibe of... An edge. Let's... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some, mm -hmm. Yeah. Frankly, yes. Right. I mean, I wanted it to be a bit edgy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I wanted it to be serious. I wanted to create a conversation between more, but maximal also, you know? So there's six painters, yeah. each with a few pieces. Yeah in a relatively small space, but still to curate it and install it in a clear, coherent way where there was enough space between yeah. the works and so on, and things were rationally uh, put up in a way that um, their own proposals could be clear, and you know. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like the idea of the experiment. I really, really like that because okay. it's a commercial gallery, yeah. and you don't see that often. You, yeah. don't, you don't see a lot of risks often in commercial galleries. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, putting front to front, like three artists on one side and three artists on the other side, that is a risk. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I hope so. I mean, I, I thought it would be. I mean, thanks for... Thanks. <laughs> no, I truly believe so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, there's always that thing of uh, of the personal aspect of it. I, I knew a bunch of them, most, yeah, most of them. of course. And so I, I really love their work too. So yeah. it's it's very, you know, it, it's, it's great to see it all together and how it works. But, um... So what I wanted to say is that uh, it's very multifaceted your career, which yes, yeah, I mean like you know, yeah, as no, yeah, curator, I guess it is, yeah. and like I mean, and I'm, like, I'm not a nuclear physicist director. and a painter and you know or anything <laughs> right. like that. No, sure, but I mean no, no, but within you know even just within the arts, like you know people make yeah, yeah. careers on one thing you know yeah. usually, and so it's again probably very personal, but I really enjoy like the uh, spreading a little bit out of your you know thing, sure. Thanks, just to yeah. also explore you know what I mean. Well, I, I would like I would say this, you know, a, a lot of times, and I, I do mean this to be an encouragement to anybody who cares to think about it. Also, by the way, you know, a lot of times uh, the authorities will say, you know, like keep your brand pure. Mm. You know, like you, you should only be one thing, or you shouldn't confuse people. You know, don't curate and make work yourself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, and there can be times when there are contradictions or conflicts of interest that are not good or even right. But on the other hand. Um, doing more than one thing. You know, if you're interested, you don't have to do more than one thing. No. If all you want to do is make your own work as an artist or you're a curator and that's it, that there's nothing wrong with that, clearly, of Absolutely. course, just to be clear. However, if you have, if a person, any person is intrigued to try other things, not to do it um, out of the fear that it would impact your career, I think is a mistake. Yeah. yeah. I will yeah. always um, follow my impulses to do other kinds of projects yeah. um i mean like uh, now i'm working with the poisson and i think it's a great thing hopefully for everybody yeah. but I, i curated a show at antoine or tascaran yes. um in the summer of 2017 yeah. i curated a show all you know after i left division in 2011 uh at Sass, which is closed now Fabrique louis uh, gallery who the who now um operates 
Art Souterrain. Mm -hmm. He got me to curate a show. Mm -hmm. And I've done a bunch of others. I, right. I curated a show uh, at Lillian Rodriguez of Laura Finley's work. Mm -hmm. um, I also did a pop-up in uh, 2013 uh, at a space in Griffintown. Right. Uh, with six artists. You know, I was only there for a few weeks, but we had a fantastic, in this giant warehouse-like space that used to be a, a, a club of some kind, like a, yeah. a, some sort of, like, dance club, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I've, you know, ideally I would curate a, a show from time to time no matter what, and yeah. I also write uh, some criticism and reviews as well. Right. And I, I like doing those things. I mean, sometimes I need to do less. And right now I think I'm going to concentrate mm -hmm. more on my own practice mm -hmm. uh, to some degree, aside from helping De Poisson as much as possible. I know that now you're moving to New York. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. Are you going to continue to work with them? Yeah. On, yeah. At, at yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, we've, um, we've decided to continue uh, this relationship of being their consultant. And, uh, you know, we can handle most things as it's anybody not, does, you yeah, know, phone, email etc it's not complicated yeah. yeah yeah and it also gives me an opportunity to visit montreal maybe even once a month yeah to, to come in and help them with certain things yeah which i wanted to do anyway i mean i, I don't you know just because i'm moving to new york i am i'm a dual citizen canada u.s right and my wife's american yeah uh so you know going there sort of makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons for us right but coming here frequently also makes a lot of sense for me right is it so, permanent though i don't know you I don't mean, know okay. it's hard to well i mean it's Yeah. It's short-term permanent in that we're going to be living there full-time, right. you know, right. for probably at least a couple of years. Right. Um, then again, maybe not. Okay. I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I've always loved New York uh, right. and felt good there. Yeah. And I have friends there, and I, I don't have a gallery or anything um, set up exactly. Right. But um, everything is going smoothly so far. It's great. And uh, I'll go there and get a studio. Where are you going to live? We're, li we're living in Bushwick. We already got Bushwick, our apartment. Okay, yeah, okay. My, my wife's already there. Brook yeah, okay. Yeah, in, yeah, Brooke, in Brooke. That's cool. Yeah. That's it's awesome. a great neighborhood. It's really, it's fun there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so uh, it's basically moving to New York and try to be an artist there. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a place to be. <laughs> yeah, in many yeah. ways it is. I mean, you know, yeah. I'll be honest. Like, I've partially always been troubled, if not annoyed, right. by the idea that you have to be in a certain place to be something. You know, I think you can be in Montreal or anywhere, um, you know, and make as good work. Sure. And and maybe even get the same opportunities if you're, a, I mean, but it's, it's, of course, it's a little harder. If you want to be in galleries that are in London or New York and you're not in London or New York, it's harder to get yes. into those galleries. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, but there are people who live in other places, even who never lived in those places, who get in oh, and do well. Yeah, I mean, you know? like, So I, I don't think you need to leave Montreal, but on the other hand, um Going somewhere like New York is good too. Well, for sure. I mean, and has, it has advantages. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So your dual citizenship, it's because you were born in the States, right? Yeah, I was born in Chicago. Right. Yeah. And then you, you grew up there or in Montreal? No, I, I, I mostly grew up in Montreal. In Montreal? I mean, I based, yeah, I'm a Montrealer and, yeah. you know, I speak French and, and uh, I love it here. I consider myself. Definitely. A Mon I'm, I'm a Montrealer more than I am. And, you know, like a Canadian or an American or anything like that. Montreal. I'm a citizen of both those countries, which I'm really happy about. And, uh, and I'm... You know, it's it's a really weird time uh, in the U.S. Clearly, with the Trump administration. That's yeah. I was um, going to say. Yeah. No. It, <laughs> you know. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it, like right now, it's. No, I mean, but they need, like, they need more people like you guys because you know you're <laughs> well, bringing thanks. all the you're, you're bringing sure all the Canadian <laughs> you, you, no you're bringing all the Canadian thing you know yeah with I you mean, so like I, I said I, I don't even I, I consider my I mean I really see myself as a as a Montreal as a city as a city bird like the I, city yeah. I guess so I mean I, I, I it's not even like. I don't even want to put a specific identity on my nationality or anything like that. I, I happen to have those two citizenships. I've mostly been in Montreal. 
uh, I feel grateful to have both those citizenships. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be in the U.S. for a while. Yeah. I see. I do. I have to say, I do see myself as just as American as Canadian. Sure. Okay. You know. Mm. Um, but but it's it's a private feeling, right? You know. I you know I've mostly been in Montreal. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Is its own thing, I think. Absolutely, and is a very distinct I, place. I really love it too. Yeah. Is your wife also an artist? No, I don't no, know. no. I don't. Um, okay. She's she's um, a writer in okay. some, um, but she's hasn't uh, been practicing creative writing for a while. Okay, she um, does other stuff. Okay, cool. New York has everything for everybody. Absolutely, you yeah. know. I like, that's what I, I I keep saying. Like every time I go, and I go often, like at least once or twice a year. I come back saying I, yeah. I want to live there. You know, it's like I understand. That's yeah. exactly what I've been doing for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like just just Bushwick. It's it's bustling. It's just Is there's it? so much stuff going on. Right. I mean, it's it's really amazing. Right. You know, I like I've lived in Mile End for 15 years, mm -hmm. and I'm from NDG. Yeah, and I love both Mile End and NDG and a number of other places in Montreal and Montreal generally. And there's lots of stuff going on, but the 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 level is just oh, cranked sure. up in yeah. New York yeah. compared to, and you know, yeah. I've spent time in New York and, uh, you know, in Toronto and Chicago and Montreal. I showed work in Los Angeles in January, February, which was wonderful. And, you know, the, the temperature there in January, <laughs> it's, it's kind yeah. of amazing. But New York, it's just, it's, own, it's its own thing. I mean, it's, it's just revving at a faster gear and bigger yeah. than anywhere else in, you know, in Canada or the U.S. I mean, it, There's so many good things happening just in Bushwick. Just the amount of studio space there yeah. is. You know, just the amount of artists of every kind who are doing something there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, you know, Midtown is ludicrously expensive, and even Brooklyn is yeah. is more so than Montreal. It But it's not expensive. so hard as some people might think. No? Okay. You know, I mean, it's that, not so impossible. Well, or, yeah, but that's the thing that you you hear all the time, like Manhattan or you well, know, Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there there are even yeah. you know there are said to be pockets of affordable there, and of course, if you have rent control or something like that. Yeah, but no, if you want if you want to live in the Lower East Side now, it's very different than it even was 20 years ago, much right. less 30, 40 years ago. It's, yeah, it's very expensive. Yeah, for sure. No, that's great. I mean, it's a, I think it's a good move. I think it is too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to it. like I you know when when I've been talking about this, I've been saying you know. Just to be able to go there and go, let's say, to the Metropolitan Museum yeah. for a few hours and spend those, instead of spending those hours running through the entire museum uh -huh. or, or as much of it as you can one, see, yeah. just just a few rooms, yeah, like yeah. just go to see one painter, yeah. you know, yeah. because that's the place where you could see, let's say, Van Gogh. You say it, yeah, you know? anyway. <laughs> like in North yeah. America, by far the most, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like I, I mean, not that there aren't good Van Goghs at the MoMA, but that's not far away either. Sure, you know? sure. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. No, that's amazing. And the fact that it's so close to Montreal is a huge advantage that we have of here. Of course. Too. Montreal has a lot of great, unique things about it. And yeah. one of those things is its proximity to both Toronto and especially New York, I think. I've had this Toronto conversa too, conversation in the past uh, and, and, you know, like some people have a different opinion because they say, okay, sure, it's close and then so what? Like mm -hmm. you can go maybe, but the connection really happens only if you're really there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Some people say that. Like, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah. I've never, um, I, the only time I've shown in New York so far is when Joyce did a group show there, okay. um, a pop-up show yeah. some few years ago. And I, I you know. But I, I have managed to show my work in Germany and England right. and in Los Angeles twice. Mm -hmm. Look, at the end of the day, if you want to be an artist in, you know, and show in a certain place, living there is, is obviously the best way to show that. Definitely. 
Yeah. But then again, other people have made it work in places they don't live many, many times, and there are different ways to succeed. So with all the uh, the experiences that you have, have you ever considered opening your own gallery no. in your own space? No? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, many people have asked me about that. Yeah. Ma like many, many people, you right. know? And I, I definitely, I have to say, I, I really feel helping De Poisson is the ideal mm. for what I would, I, I do feel very um, lucky to have had uh, this opportunity come up. How did you get that gig? I, I met them through Barry Alacas, okay. um, a painter who I used to show at Division Gallery, who they were... Who their for their second show was Barry, and that was how we met. Yeah, um, and it really is exactly the amount of input I want to put into a business, uh, get you know a gallery and you know for for who and what I am. I mean, just to be clear, I mean and and put it in perspective, I I don't think if 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 I you know like if if I woke up and I had fifty million dollars in my bank account, I still wouldn't open a gallery. Uh -huh. You know, I'm, I would probably still occasionally curate a show exactly as I do now and yeah. write some criticism here and there and help certain things if I could. I don't want to be the owner of a commercial gallery. Yeah. If I change my mind one day, I change my mind. But sure. I, 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 so far, I've never had that feeling for even a second. But you want to keep your practice. That's a yeah. constant. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like I couldn't, you know, if tomorrow, I mean, if, I don't know. I mean, if, you know, I won't say a name, but let's say a very successful artist wanted to open a gallery, you know, and show other people's work, you know, while themselves showing in some other gallery, you mm -hmm. know, that represented them. I don't think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, gr that would be great if, you know, if, if Jeff Koons, you know, decided tomorrow, you know, to open a gallery and it would be like the Koons gallery and would be all these good artists and other people would be the directors, but he would somehow be, you know, directly involved, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, as well. I, I, I would say more power to Jeff Koons, you know, right. or to whoever. Uh, I would think that would be great. However, I don't, I think it's normal for virtually no artist to ever want to really do that. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, why do you want to be involved in the other stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I mean, sometimes there will be artists who are yeah. the directors of galleries, right. and, you know, that they don't own, and I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, if it works for them, um, and I, you know, or employees at galleries and so yes. on. Very often, I mean, you know, artists need jobs and work in the art world. Yeah, it's good, and it's good visibility into all sorts of things. Like I said, I learned a lot. Yeah. How do you see the uh, project spaces? that are like going around in Montreal. Yeah. What is your opinion of those? Well, the simple answer is I think it's great. Yeah. I, I'm really um, very pleased that all of those kinds of things are happening. I've seen a lot of the shows at many of them and been impressed. And I think that uh, whether or not those projects turn into more permanent commercial gallery type situations or not, uh, it, it's still either way a very good thing to do. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, if, if somebody can create a project space of that kind and have gallery quality work, especially if they're helping emerging artists get their first opportunities, then, I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's create, I mean, it's like a, a really exciting and potentially vital contribution to, yeah. you know, the food chain of it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I keep thinking. It's like about a new rung on the ladder. Exactly. That or used like to a, be there. It's great. I think that more and more commercial galleries realize of how important those things are. And some, so. and some, yeah, and some of them have even like you know, expressed some desire of helping as well. So that's great. That's really great. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, that's really great. I yeah. mean, like to, to to look at the Canadian, you know, because there are a lot of you know, there are so many different ways we could parse this out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like where different connections to different things. But to just look at Canada, mm -hmm. you know, which obviously there is that there's the Canadian art world. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I will say uh, I, I, I'm not trying to, to I'm not trying to seek controversy or offend anybody, but I, I do think that we could stand to renew things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. I do find that there are good artists. I mean, and not just younger artists who are waiting for their first opportunities, but actually, maybe even more crucially, older artists who um, who are very good who don't have galleries. Perhaps the gallery they had closed or they left and didn't get a new one or in some cases they never had one but deserve to, you know. There's not enough galleries to show the work of all the good artists of every age in Canada. There are good artists who aren't getting the right opportunities. And the market is a little slow sometimes. I mean, it's it's good up to a point and, you know, we, everything um, – an artist can have a great career mostly or only in Canada. Many artists can. But as much as we can do to – to create new audience and new clients, frankly, mm-hmm. is a very good thing. And that includes, I mean, for having been an, a, you know, a dealer and helping a gallery out right now, I think the message that we need people who aren't artists, or who, it could even be artists themselves, to, who could collect, you know, art, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the lowest prices and so Definitely, on, yeah. you know, as well as young, younger potential collectors Absolutely. and, you know, or, or people of any age, to buy original work by a serious artist, somebody who's really applying themselves to make something that's good, yeah. even at the lowest price or whatnot, is really good and positive. Yeah. And so helping to get those things out there as much as we can in Montreal and Toronto yeah. and in smaller places too, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, in Canada, big cities like Montreal and Toronto have it good compared to a lot of places where, there, you know, there's good artists living in Guelph or Hamilton or Quebec City or Trois-Rivières, et cetera, et cetera, sure. Kingston, you know, and... Sometimes they have to be there for sure. family reasons, for some other reason. You know, yeah. what do we do about that? Yeah, no, and, and we should do something. You yeah. know, and the more spaces there are, that's maybe that's a something that we can do. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I see that it's possible, but it's not really been maybe discussed enough or or approached enough is um, normally you think of a collector of art as somebody who has. A lot of access to resources, right? Like somebody yeah. that is wealthy, sure. And at a high level, that tends to be, of course, true. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, you so. have you have the Herb and Dorothy Vogels of the world, also. That's what I mean. Like that's the kind of, uh, and I don't want to say the word market because it makes it very like cold. Yeah. But you know, accessing that kind of segment, in which you know there's like middle class people who are. Yeah. teachers or you know whatever sure. and they can maybe not buy like a $16,000 painting no. but they can probably buy like a $1,000 painting right exactly and you know like I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities from the commercial side of things 100%, in that yeah, yeah in that like maybe that's not the market that they want to approach yeah and I think that that would be a good idea but that also requires a lot of a lot of uh, maybe education and maybe a lot of like outreach, right? Which yeah, we're, we're, I don't think we resources. do enough outreach. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's in it's Montreal. I have felt for more than ten years now, and this is. I mean, I've tried to do this at times directly. Yeah, um, creating a, a, a more a, a more grassroots response in collecting. Right. You know, like you say, teachers. There's there's a guy in Montreal um, called Alain Tremblay. I know him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he, he was a high school teacher. Yeah. Retired yeah. now. Yeah. And he put together, uh, you know, he lives with his boyfriend. Yeah. Um, who they both worked. Um, but as I understand it, most of Alain's salary was put toward collecting art. And they put together a fantastic collection. I mean, yeah. Of 
of work, mostly from in Quebec. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's really, really excellent. And that's, you know, I mean, and everybody knows him and loves him and he's a really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and his partner, um, Jean-Francois is also. Yeah. Um, and they and they they collected an, an amazing amount on not very much of sure. really good stuff. You know, if you if you know who to buy when they're still reasonably affordable, and you spend ten or twenty years doing that, you're going to end up with an amazing amount of good stuff. Absolutely. You know, and if we had, I, I want to say a hundred more, yeah, but we could have thousands more. Well, I mean, like, I think I think uh, that that like is that. A, that's a very specific and and very extreme extremely amazing example because you know like no not everybody's think, like Alan yeah think yeah. thinking that everybody's going to put like even like 30% of their salary that's no, yeah yeah of course almost, not almost almost yeah. nobody will yeah, um, but you say like 5% or um, don't even like think of a number just like get involved first exactly first just like see what's going on 100% see if if there's anything that caught your attention or not yeah. you know or or something like that but it's not an easy task. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like not. It, it's a hard task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard task. I mean, it's, yeah. it's. But I think that there are huge rewards, um, cultural and financial, that we can, you know, benefit from if we keep trying. Yeah. You know, every time a new collector buys anything, any, right. you know, I mean, even like a, a five hundred dollar thing or whatever, you know, what, whether the collector's thirty or forty or fifty or whatever. Yeah. Um. It's it's a it's a good piece in the puzzle definitely you know i mean and, and it, it is tricky because it's like you know people you know there are galleries you know I, I, again i don't wish to court controversy or offend anybody but there are galleries that i don't think are very good mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. sell a lot of work you know there sure. are sort of very very commercial type of galleries well yeah what, what they sell is not it's not that there's anything wrong exactly with it but it's not at least what I would personally consider, yeah. you know, good. Good, let's say. I, I totally agree with you, yeah. and I think uh, I think I can maybe point my finger at some some of those. But and I I don't have anything against those, yeah. honestly. Well, I the see, people are not bad people. I clearly, see what's but, no, absolutely yeah. not, and I see what's happening. But I think that they are doing it right in the sense that they found their segment, and they're yeah. like tapping into it. And like you know, maybe maybe if somebody would come and say like. Hey guys, like there's also this thing. Yeah, absolutely. That may change as well. That's you know? that's exactly. Yeah. I I have been successful at doing that on uh -huh. a few occasions uh -huh. uh, with people spending a lot of money yeah. in that kind of um, type of art. Yeah, and then realizing in many cases they didn't even know about contemporary art was you and exactly I would right. think of it. Yeah, and then they eventually once they realize it and get to understand it a bit better, they get very excited because they see why it's so much deeper and it's more serious. Absolutely. You know, I, I think to boil it down, I, I've always, I think of it like this. It, you, you have to realize um, that with more challenging uh, and more difficult uh, works, there is a greater reward to come, you know, mm -hmm. that you have to give up easier pleasures finally in, in order to achieve... Um, you know, a, a greater measure of of cultural um, outcome. Yeah, I mean, Th and yeah. there's nothing wrong. Sorry, you know, like yeah. it's it's still it's still okay to like, you know, like, I mean, to to give an example, you know, like it's fine to like um, radio pop songs. Sure, uh, but if you don't know about, you know, like I mean, you know, whatever, you know, John Coltrane and, yeah. and, and you know, and, and Miles, yeah, you know, and Miles Davis yeah. and and Mozart or whatever, sure. you know, yeah. then, then you're missing something, you know, you should, yeah. if you don't, if you, if you want to participate in all those things and, and cause there's great pop music, of course, but I mean, this isn't a, a totally cogent analogy because if you buy our so-called art, you know, I mean, I mean, let's call it, let's call it art. Let, you know, if you buy art that really is kind of furniture at the end of the day, you know, sure. it's, it's, it's very, Decoration. very repetitive yeah, yeah, yeah. and decorative and so yeah. on. 
uh, and and not ch- emotionally or intellectually challenging in any way at all, yeah. then there's nothing really wrong with that. But it's not the same thing. Uh, you know, it's it's more like eating it, you know, at a fast food restaurant than yeah. eating, you know, something no, really I, I healthy agree. and really well, you know. I, and I think that, that it's not very hard to show people that, you know. I don't it's think possible. that it's possible. It's I think it's really possible. possible, especially if you already have certain tendencies towards, you know, seeing some yeah. work and like, you know, liking some even just figures or like, you know, objects. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that is that hard. So I think that there's some legwork, really, that is not being done by people involved. And yeah. that maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just because commercial galleries also don't want to jeopardize their pool of collectors. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, maybe, but, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I agree, yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard because the, the perceived prestige of what, a gallery is offering to the public is very important, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. It is, and it is, oh, it and is, for yeah. good reason. But that doesn't mean that developing the understand, you know, helping people to understand what you're doing uh, and selling to people who are new collectors, to see that as somehow lowering your prestige. I can only sell, you know, to the established collectors. Exactly. I think that's a major mistake. Right. Trying to control the the pool of people who understand art is mm-hmm. is 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 frankly just too mm-hmm. elitist. Mm-hmm. You don't even say sell; you say like place. Yeah, you know those kind of things. That's that right. Yeah, I get, you know people. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, when like you don't even like have the lingo to even yeah. talk about these things with people. So sure. Uh, in the so like as you know like we opened this little place it's called Tap right and. In the little time that I've been doing this, like I've been approached by some people, and honestly, I feel like you do need to get the lingo right for them yeah. to like feel comfortable approaching you about a work. You yeah, know? it's it's a thing for sure. I mean, you know, like obviously, if if what you're selling is expensive, I mean, mm-hmm. even if it's just ten thousand dollars, much less, you know, yeah, you know, if it's hundreds of thousands and so on, right? Uh, yeah, it's not too many people who can buy it. So presumably. The people who would be, who would even think of buying it know something about it. Sure, they understand at the very least that it's really good and that it is you know it's perceived very well. Right. You know, I, I mean, hopefully they they perceive even more about it. You know. Well, at least at least that part they know. Yeah. That that they will be perceiving somehow some way. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's this is a hard thing. I I have to say, like, I am a bit of an idealist here, where I I yeah. think that. Um, however really good work gets out into the world, like, because artwork is designed, usually at least, to last a really long time. Right. You know? And if a person owns an artwork, uh, you know, an artwork, let's say a painting, you know, could and probably will have many owners if it is at least pretty good and well-made enough that it's not going to fall apart. Yeah. You know? And it it radiates out its, its content and its message and its meaning forever, even after it, it, it disappears in some cases if it was a well-known work, you know. But, um, you know, a, a painting, you know, I, there's, a, there's a Rembrandt mm-hmm. in the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts mm-hmm. that I've gone to see hundreds of times right. uh, in the last 20 years. I mean hundreds of times, you know. I sometimes think I have seen, I've looked at it more than anybody ever has in its, hist- in its you know, whatever, and it's, uh, uh, my math isn't great. Uh, <laughs> whatever, 300 and some year right. history, right? Right. Um, it, you know, it's a portrait of a young woman. Sure. She's long, long dead, clearly. Uh, you know, but the painting is 100% fresh and it's extraordinary. It's really, it's really some kind of magic. Mm-hmm. And that person and that artist and that work will radiate out forever. Right. You know, 
And every artwork won't do that, but yeah. the the idea is to try to do that. Huh. And you know, to the, there's we all know even people who are really I think um, you know very in favor of market economics in their fullest and and most unfettered mm-hmm. you know incarnation mm-hmm. understand that there are some difficulties that come along with commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, there, on, on the whole, it's a it's a net plus, right. a big net plus to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I mean, and, and we just have to do them with integrity. And care more, first of all about the art, and second of all about the commerce. That's number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's 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 what it's. And then hopefully definitely. become successful. Yeah. you know, and and uh, and keep trying until we do. Yeah. What what is it about that painting that the Rembrandt so hard? Yeah. I mean, I I have such an intimate relationship to that painting. I mean, I know all the brushstrokes. Like I I remember very clearly when I couldn't understand at all, like at all, how it was painted, and then when I had some better clue but couldn't really still fathom like the steps to arrive at that and I'm no, I don't mean to say I could paint it as well as obviously not as well as Rembrandt right. <laughs> but I, I could paint it you know I could paint a yeah. painting like that yeah. I've, I've figured out how you do it at this point right. and my relationship to it is so intense as a result of in effect purely visually sort of peeling back the layer the formal layers of the whole thing and all the while there's this woman who's there with this incredible expression on her face and in her eyes uh, that you that I have this you know kind of personal relationship right. to and you really you know as with a very realized character you know in a play or a movie uh, you know I mean like even when it's on the page like with Shakespeare let's say mm-hmm. um, or in a painting like that I mean there's this uncanny feeling of the 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 thing that is not alive really is just sort of bursting with life that somehow art has communicated this yeah. mind-blowingly i want to say real but it's actually not exactly that it's well it, beco- you know, it becomes magic real thing, like i said well it becomes real when somebody's feeling it right yeah i mean like yeah. how do you how do you remove yeah. that from somebody who can't yeah like what, you, what you feel when, with that painting even when you're, you're not even looking at it it's it's very real it's very it's real pro- it's provoking something it, it is what it, i mean it, you yeah. know on the one hand it's colored mud smeared onto a cloth Sure. And sure. On the other hand, it's sure like uh, like it's a like we that, are like carbon and nitrogen and oxygen. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, well, like, we, you, know, you and I are alive, and the painting is not in the same sense. Right. It's not a biological entity. Yeah. yeah. But it expresses biological entity ness yeah. in several different ways so powerfully that I have been completely captured by it for over 20 years. Right. So um, to finish, I just wanted to uh, thank you so much for no thank for you coming Thanks and, for this and talking to me and uh, all the best in New York. Thanks. We'll we'll definitely see each other. For sure. I'll be here once a month. No, for sure. But thanks for talking. Well, thank you. All right. Okay, so that was my conversation with Ben. It was a very special one for me because it was one of the first times when I asked questions and the guest, in this case, Ben, is uh, more private than I expected. And so some things I had to go around, some things I had to ask twice <laughs> to try to see if he would answer them. And, and I'm, I'm really happy how it went. And I feel really grateful that he came over right before he left to New York. And um, yeah, as you heard, he's now living in Bushwick and I think he's uh, enjoying himself and I'm happy for that. So this show was edited, produced and hosted by me, Mark Stris Wilson. 
The mixing, music, and mastering was done by Arcadia Lance. The visual design was done by Victor Garibay. Special thanks to Ben Klein for being so nice and coming to chat with me for a little bit. And I will see you very soon with the next episode of Into This Podcast. All right. Thanks so much for listening and for sticking till the end. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Cheers. <laughs>